So if I fucked my sister <laughs> without asking <laughs> and she got pregnant, I would not be allowed to have an abortion. She would have to give birth to our incest baby. Welcome to Politics. This is episode four, take two of Politics. This is technically episode four, take three, because we did one and then we stopped like maybe five minutes into it. And then we did another one and we recorded for an hour. But none of it was any good and you guys would not have appreciated literally anything that we had to say. In that no. One. That one was for us emotionally. <laughs> and you know, I think it was good that we got that one off our chest. Yeah. Because it was really just a lot of ranting and not a lot of information. It was just a lot of screaming and upsetness yes. is what it was. But now we're here and we're ready. We're ready. We're ready to give you the content that you deserve. Exactly. <laughs> so let's get started with... Who is leading in the polls? Who is leading in the polls? No one's leading in the polls. Joe Biden is leading in the polls. He is. And that's crazy because he's old as fuck. Because we never talk about the We don't ever talk about 2016. But the argument there was, a, one of the arguments anyway, is that Hillary didn't have enough bold positions. She didn't excite the left enough. And Bernie did. He really did excite the left a lot, except for when it came time for them to go out and vote. Yeah, because they didn't do that. That makes sense, though. I mean, it does. And it's interesting. And a lot of people are just tired of the same people over and over again. This is his third time running for president. Right. And the first two times, he didn't make it very far, and it didn't go very well for him. No. But maybe the third time's the charm? Maybe. But then, you know, there's him. It's only May of 2015. We're not anywhere near the Iowa caucus yet. We haven't even had the first debate. That's still a couple weeks away. 2019. 2019. What did I say? You said 2015. It's Surprise! Okay. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> Time traveler's wife. Time traveler's wife. The point is, it's early, and there's also about 672 other fucking people running for the Democratic nomination. Which brings us to... Who's running for president in 2020? So I've got a list of everybody here. So we've got 23 candidates. I think the last time we recorded, we had 21. So there's two more. So there's been two more that have um, announced that, that they are throwing their hat in the race. So we're just going to start. And you may need to tell me these people's first names because it's only giving me last names. Uh, Bennett. Michael Bennett. Joe Biden. Cory Booker. Bullock. Steve Bullock. He is the governor of Montana. Pete Buttigieg. Julian Castro. Bill de Blasio. Okay. No one asked him to run for president. And everybody is like pretty much united in the fact that they don't want him to run for president. Who is Bill de Blasio? He's Why is everybody of, so mad? He's the mayor of New York City. I feel like that's a pretty respected title. What was, um, what is her name? Sweet Home Alabama, Patrick Dempsey's mom in that movie. What was, wasn't she the? She was the mayor of New York City, Candace Bergen. Hey, yes! Candace. But Murphy nobody Brown. likes Bill de Blasio? 
is what you're saying? I mean, I can't say that. I don't know. Maybe a lot of fucking people like him. But there's not, like, a lot of enthusiasm for him to run for president. Well, no, probably not. There's probably not enthusiasm for anybody because there's 23. No one can pick a person. Yes, there's 123rd enthusiasm for every person, if that made any sense. Um, Delaney? I have absolutely no idea. Okay, we can come back to that. Gabbard? Tulsi Gabbard. 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 <laughs> no, it might be Gabbard. She is a congresswoman from Hawaii. Okay. Kirsten Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, Hickenlooper. What's his first name? John Hickenlooper. John Hickenlooper. Governor of Colorado. Ex-governor of Colorado. Jay Inslee, Amy Klobuchar, Messam, Messam, Kazam, starring Shaquille O'Neal. We can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to have like a laundry list of all the people running for president. We do, though. People need to know. We're halfway through it. We got to finish. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Who is this person? Do you know? Who? Mess Sam. No. All right. Seth Moulton. Daddy. Beto O'Rourke. Tim Ryan. Bernard Sanders. Eric Swalwell, a.k.a. Daddy, Daddy Swalwell. Daddy Swalwell. Elizabeth Warren, a.k.a. Lizzie, Marianne Williamson, Andrew Yang. He's cute, like his little picture. That's racist. Why? <laughs> because you think he's cute because he's a tiny little Asian man. No, it had nothing to do with his race. His picture, he's like smiling and he just looks very happy to be here. And that's it. That's all of them. Um, 23 Democrats and then two Republicans, Donald Trump and Bill Weld. Bill Weld. He's 73 years old. Nancy Pelosi is 79 years old. Is she really? Yes. I think so. She's going to be on Morning Joe tomorrow. Ooh. With Mika. Best friend. Um, I hope to see the Republican Party assume once again the mantle of being the party of Lincoln. Like Abraham Lincoln? Yes. Who said that? William F. Weld. Oh, that's Former Weld. governor of Massachusetts. Yeah, that's like super dramatic. We've talked about this before, about how there should not be another Republican candidate because it makes the party look divided. I mean, there's always going to be, like, one. Like, he's not important. He no, I've not was in office, like, in the 90s. So he can be a candidate, but that's not anything. No one's going to vote for Bill Weld. No. Are they it would look bad if, like, a Mitt Romney or if John McCain was still alive and well. Right. If he decided to, like, mount a challenge to the president, that would look bad. But someone like Bill Weld, he's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. No. Would they have to debate? Like, is there going to be a debate stage between Donald Trump and Bill Weld? No. Oh. That's not going to happen. So my only issue with the amount of people that are running um, on the left is that... There's too many? Well, yes, there's too many, but then it's like, we can't... Like, I would like to donate money and time and whatever to, like, one specific campaign that I know is going to make it through the, you know, the mm -hmm. long run. But we can't really do that right now because there's so many, which means there's a lot that are going to, like, have to be thrown out of the ring. And that's sad because, like, I kind of like all of them in their own little special way, except for Tulsi Gabbard. Well, but, I think it's easy because they're all Democrats, obviously. So, like, yeah. we agree with all of them in some perspective. But 
I mean, I think that's a good thing kind of as well because hopefully this won't turn into like a bloodbath where everybody starts turning on each other and it's like super awkward. And Well, it seems like a lot of them are friends. Like I've heard Cory Booker talk about Kamala Harris and mm-hmm. Kristen Gillibrand and they like go out to dinner. And... Well, yeah, because they all work together. They're all co-workers. Yeah. I don't know how that would be like. Like I'm if like... you and all your co-workers decided to run for president? Yes. <laughs> I don't know how that would go. Or if we all like went to interview for the same job, like how awkward that would be. And then we all had, but we all had to like get on stage and yell at each other before we did that. That never works out. Like people within a job that are like interviewing for the same position, like there's always. Like fucking backstabbing. Yeah. There's always an issue after that. Oh yeah. We talked earlier about, um, you said there were a couple of these candidates that could run for Senate later. Yes. Or that should. Be running for Senate like right now, like Beto. Who else? Or Julian Castro. Or... John Hickenlooper, just to name a few. What does that consist of? Them, I guess. Like not running for president because they're not going to fucking win. So they should focus their time elsewhere to help build the party. Unless you really, you know, support them as candidates. And then, I mean, maybe they would make a good presidential candidate because it's still early. I feel like Beto is very popular here in Texas. Obviously, for obvious reasons, he is popular here in Texas. Yes. He had all of us, like, throwing our panties over our head. He did. Last year. And he did win, but he, like, didn't win by a very small percentage, which was, like, a very big deal. It was only by, like, one and a half percent. It was a very small margin, in Texas anyway. Right. So I don't feel like the support that he got here in Texas is going to translate to the rest of the United States. Well, and a big factor, I think, in his success here, even though he didn't win the race, obviously, is people really don't like Ted Cruz. I see this a lot when I'm watching The View, and it's like, there's a lot of controversy between all of these women. I get that. We've got to stop talking about The View. No, we don't. That's how we're going to get on there. (laughs) You can disagree with somebody's policies, and it'd be fine. Like... As a Democrat, you're going to disagree with Republican policies, but there's no, like, ill will towards anybody. But then when somebody's mean and and nasty, it takes, it, it turns into something else. Like, it's not even, like, about the policies anymore. It's just about you being a bad person. And, you know, I can't obviously say if he's a bad person or not. I've never met the guy. But my reasoning truly not, is not that he's mean and nasty. It's that if he had his way, I would have less rights. As a person, as a gay man, I would have a harder time living in the United States. What is what is his stance on? He does. They are not in support of discrimination laws for gay people. He absolutely does not support gay marriage. He takes the bullshit. Oh, it should be left up to the states. Hmm. But this is not about us, and we should cut like all of this out. I mean, I, pr- I probably will just because we don't need to talk about Ted Cruz again. Nope. And we're ranting. I'm ranting. I am physically <laughs> ranting right now. This is a rant. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. The people need to know. It does matter what we think because this is our podcast and people are listening to our podcast to listen to what we think. We can't hide the fact that we're like... That I'm a homosexual. Big flaming Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to our next topic of conversation and we've had a couple days to think about this since we technically already recorded this once and then had to throw it all out 
<laughs> yes, because me and the vagina that I do not have got really upset about this specific law that we are about to talk about here today. So if you've been awake at all for the last, I don't know, five or six days, you probably have heard about some shit going on in Alabama. That you are no longer allowed to have an abortion for any reason. Whatsoever. Or your doctor will be put in jail for up to 99 years. So let's let's unpack that for just a moment. So if I fucked my sister <laughs> without asking <laughs> and she got pregnant I would not be allowed to have an abortion. She would have to give birth to our incest baby. And if somebody tried to help me by allowing me to have an abortion, they would be punished for up to 99 years. In prison. So one of the things that I said I didn't want to do was just like repeat things I saw on Instagram. I wanted to try to add something new to the conversation, which may or may not be possible because this is a 30 plus year old argument. So there, we may not have anything new to add to this conversation other than what's already being said. And that's okay. We can add our own feelings, I think, in support of the people that are actively trying to figure this out and like get rid of these bans and of these laws and whatever. This is a really interesting time that we are all so blessed to live in together because this truly is the biggest assault on the Roe v. Wade decision that has ever, in my opinion, gone through the legislature and signed by a state governor. Right. Because they do little things here and there to try to stop women from having abortions, like having to have a sonogram or the the doctor having to be affiliated with a hospital, but hospitals are funded by churches, so... They won't give them admitting privileges. Right. Just, like, little things here and there to little try... To try and get women to not have an abortion. Fun um, little fact that I found out. In 2006, the South Dakota legislature passed through a heartbeat bill. Is that the first heartbeat bill? I don't know, but governor signed it, but then they put it to the voters mm -hmm. and the voters said no, that they did not support it. So the heartbeat bill is occurring everywhere else. So a ban Alabama put down like a full on ban. Like you are not having an abortion here. What is it called? The Human Life Protection Act. So that is what's going on in Alabama. That's like you cannot have an abortion doesn't matter if you were raped it doesn't matter what color your hair is or what your mom's maiden name is you cannot have an abortion whatsoever now the other states like ohio kentucky uh missouri i think louisiana is now talking about it is the heartbeat bill so you cannot have an abortion after a heartbeat is detected some of them say six weeks some of them say eight weeks mm -hmm. that's what's going on everywhere else and that's sad it's or is it, depending on you, which side of the aisle that you fall on? Which side of the on. argument you're on. I think that's 
what we've had the most trouble with is trying to figure out how we can relate to our pro-life position. Right. Because that is a huge demographic demographic population of voters who are, you know, strongly pro-life. And you can't ignore them or try and minimize their opinion. Right. Because it's not a bad opinion. Like, at least the ones that truly, truly, truly believe, you know. That abortion is murder. That abortion is murder. It's not. You said abortion is murder. Murder. <laughs> abortion is murder. So, it is the only conservative argument. That's it. That takes precedent over everything. We cannot, in good faith, take a life. A six-week-old zygote is a life. We cannot abort. Life starts at conception. The mother should not, or the baby should not be punished. The baby should not be punished. Is their argument. Is the conservative argument. The pro-life argument, we should say. Because there are plenty of conservatives that are not pro-life. So, that is the pro-life argument. Now... It's not debatable anymore that life begins at conception. Like, that's a scientific fact. Yes. If we're going to argue that Republicans have to believe in climate change and science, then we, us people who are pro-choice, including myself, the science says that life does begin at conception. The argument should be whether that life or not should be i should say i shouldn't say that but i mean the way the argument is currently being presented that oh life doesn't begin at conception that's not a logical a logical argument that us pro-choice people should adopt adopt you can't dispute that right even though it's a ball of cells it's still a life a life We just have to rethink our argument, I suppose, in terms of how can we convince pro-lifers that this is, in fact, not constitutional to take away a woman's right to choose, and that when it comes down to it, The constitutional argument really depends on how you view the Constitution and its relation to time. And one of the hallmarks of American politics is the dueling political parties have always taken an opposing view of the Constitution and right. how you can use its language over time. Mm-hmm. So, and this started immediately in United States history. Some argued that the Constitution and its wording changed with time and, you know, you can fit it to now. And others believe that the Constitution should be taken for what it literally says at its word. What do you think? I don't think you can take a 200-year-old document at its strict word. I just don't think that that's possible. I don't think that that makes sense. I don't think that 
the way that they viewed government in 1787 applies to applies 2019. to 2019. I've always thought that in regards to um, like the right to bear arms, which I I don't like when people bring up guns and abortion because that always seems to be like the same thing. Like they try to make it like the same argument. Like if you can protect your guns, I can protect my right to an abortion. Right. Which right. I'll get into that later on why that's not logical. But I feel like the right to bear arms made more sense in seventeen seventy whatever reason to bear arms. Like I don't have a reason to bear arms and I live on a golf course. I, it's not this it's not the same to me. The right to bear arms in the 1700s versus 2019. It just doesn't seem doesn't like it's the, the same, same thing. thing. It doesn't mean the same thing. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have guns. Because I do think that you should have an absolute constitutional right to your to you know owning a weapon and being able to protect yourself. Absolutely. Right. That's that's not what I'm saying. I just mean that the verbiage. What does the Constitution say in regards to abortion? Well, it doesn't, and that's the problem. Well, where the argument is, it doesn't explicitly say someone has a right to an abortion or you have a right to privacy. It, those words aren't explicitly there. And this is where this, it's called strict constructionalism. And that means that you are strictly taking the Constitution at its word. I would like to know when, and this will be something I'll have to do later, because abortion is not a new thing. It's been around probably as long as humanity has been around. Mm-hmm. But at what point did we start regulating it through the government? Or when I don't did know. The government start deciding that we should do this or not do this. I know the right to abortion and the right to birth the right to birth control came first. That came because birth control was like explicitly made illegal. Contraception was explicitly made illegal. When? I think sometime in the nineteen tens. Okay. And well, then why was birth control illegal? Because it was immoral. There were a lot of laws back then. There were a lot of morality laws. And they it was immoral because why would you need birth control? You're supposed to have sex outside or sex in marriage. Right. You could literally go to jail for adultery. It's a very weird time. Well, 2019 also seems to be a really weird time. All times are weird because shit changes and I don't know. But anyway, birth control was illegal. Right. They found so, a, sorry, go ahead. They found a right to it in a 1969 court case called Griswold versus Connecticut. I don't know the in and outs of the case. All I know is that it found that a woman's right to contraception was protected through her right to privacy. In 1969? In 1969. So we went from 1910 to 1969 without being allowed to have birth control. Pretty much. You got to have condoms. Well, yeah, because a man can put on a condom. Yeah, because men can do everything. Essentially, liberals argue that a woman's right to an abortion is protected through the right to privacy. What do you think? That's the only thing I can, I feel like I can ask at the moment. What do you think? I don't know. I don't have a vagina, so it shouldn't, no one should give a fuck what I think. And all the other men out there, once we fight for this law to go away because we should support the women and we should fight as men to make sure that women are treated just the fucking same as we are because we get to do whatever it is that we want always. Well, and it makes me wonder too, like if men could go out and have an abortion, like you would 
have access to that. Yeah, I'd be able to like go into the fucking grocery store or the car wash and, and like, then yeah, like yeah, I need to get my car washed and an abortion. Like it would be totally fine for a male to do that because I don't see any responsibility being put on the male counterparts in this situation. Like even if a woman is raped, she still has to carry the baby. What about the rapist? Because if you punish a doctor for 99 years for performing an abortion, half the time, one, rapists don't even serve time. I don't know the exact percentages, but the likelihood of them getting caught, being tried, and then going to prison is, like, not likely. No. And it's definitely not for 99 years. No. So... I guess my issue... A bus driver in Alabama just got sentenced to, like, probation for having sex with a 14-year-old student. Probation. I think there was, like, a year of jail time, something like that. But it was, like, a very small... Small sentence. So that... (laughs) It makes sense why people keep saying that this is a war on women's bodies. Because it seems like... People just want to attack the women. Well, the other side doesn't see it necessarily as an attack. If we take them at their word and they're truly, you know. Super concerned about the unborn. And abortion is murder. Then they don't see it as an attack on women. They see themselves protecting the unborn. It's not about the woman to them. It's not. It doesn't they're not, matter. They're not trying to... They don't see it as taking away your rights. Right. They see it as protecting life. So my response to that would be... Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Two, what are you going to do with the life once it's born? Because in Alabama, for example, it is the sixth highest poverty rate in the United States. So... What are you going to do to ensure that the life that you were so adamant had to be born and you were so concerned about the unborn's rights, what about when the child is born? Then what happens? Seems like nobody wants to have their taxes raised. Nobody wants to fund social like welfare programs like Medicaid or food stamps or WIC or whatever. No, those women are all a bunch of lazy whores. So there's like this huge stigma attached to welfare when you can't afford to have kids, but then you also can't have an abortion. So you like want us to have all these kids that we can't pay for, but then don't want us to have all these kids that we can't pay for. It's very, it like keeps me up at night. It's a very self-defeating argument. Because I, I, I could maybe understand, okay, you want to protect the unborn. I can get behind that if you think abortion is murder. But then I need you to show up when the kid is born and the kid needs diapers or the kid needs education or the kid needs health care. But then all of a sudden you like are nowhere to be found. The government's like, no, that's none of our business. You decided to have a kid that you couldn't pay for. But it's like, well, you told me I couldn't have an abortion. And now I have this kid that I couldn't afford that I tried to deal with, but you said no. <laughs> no. I can't do that. And now I need help, but then they don't want to help. Yep. 
It's a conundrum. So what is, like, what is the... Women are never supposed to have sex. That kind of sounds like what they want to happen. That's exactly what they want to happen. Like, there's this ideology that they have circulating that, like, we're going to go back to women staying in, like, abusive, toxic marriages for this, you know, fundamental nuclear family. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to be all leave it to beaver. Like, it's 1955. And I just... That's... It's very nosy to me. Like, I don't care about your babies. I don't care about other people's babies. I don't know why anybody the fuck else cares about someone else's babies. That has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Where did this come from? Like, did the governor of Alabama wake up one day and was like, you know what the fuck I'm going to do? I'm going to ban all the abortions. You're going to have all these babies. All these babies. Like, where did it come from? Like, why are we talking about this? I have no fucking idea. The pro-life movement has been going hard ever since abortion became legal. It's a really good way to whip up votes. You're murdering babies. So so they've been going hard for the last 30 years trying to get the shit overturned? Oh, yeah. Ever since they... Roe v. Wade was handed down from the Supreme Court, it's been ever since just bah, bah, bah. (laughs) It's crazy. It upsets me. It upsets me... Not necessarily because I'm a woman. It upsets me on, like, a humanity level. That, like, 25 old white men decide what my reproductive health care looks like. I don't think that's fair. And then this old-ass white lady governor was like, yeah, and signed it. (laughs) (laughs) So she's older. I mean, she's an old white woman. She's probably not ever, didn't even know what abortion was until she was in her late 40s. So how does a woman get behind the pro-life movement? Literally just because they think it's murder. I don't know. I'm not a woman. That is true. You are not a woman or a Republican. (laughs) No. I am a pro-choice homosexual male. It just seems to me that there's, like, more important things we could be talking about. And this doesn't seem like something that's going to help us in the long run. Especially all the way in fucking Alabama. Like, there's, like, a million other things they could do. Like, better educate their people. Well, like, why don't we give the people that already exist, like like you said, better access to education, better access to health care. Like, let's try to work on the economy. I don't know. There's like a lot of things that we could be talking about in regards to Alabama, in regards to anywhere, really. I heard that argument made once with immigration where I was arguing with somebody over immigration and they were like, there's like homeless people here. We need to take care of the people that are here first. And you know, that's an excellent point. Right. Could you apply the same standard to the pro-life movement then? Well, There's like already a bunch of fucking people that are already here that have a bunch of issues that we can't pay for. So why are we trying to bring a bunch of other people here for the same shit? I think, I think, yes, you can apply that same argument. No. 
Only because immigration is obviously a little bit different. The thing with the pro-life versus pro-choice movement is that there's it's, still that element of like you're taking a life. Which it's is like life or death. Yeah. Literal life or death. Like if people are coming here to get a better life because they want to leave their country because it's unsafe. That's not fair to be like, well, we have people here we need to take care of first. With pro-choice versus pro-life, it's like, Life or okay, death. so the alternative is you're just going to kill all the babies? I feel like that's what somebody would say to us. Like someone that is pro-life is like, so what, your alternative is to kill all the babies? Well, yeah, that abortion is murder. I don't have an argument for that necessarily. Because I don't see it that way. Nope. I don't see it that way either. If I woke up tomorrow mm -hmm. and decided that I was going to be pro-life, mm -hmm. that would be a choice that I made. I made the choice to be pro-life. Yes. Or if I decided that I was going to become a conservative Republican. Yes, you made that choice. I made that choice. Just but, like but in my heart mm -hmm. and in my head that's not where my beliefs lie. Like, that's not who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. I could still make the choice, mm -hmm. but it's not what I believe. That's my point is nobody chooses their beliefs. Your beliefs kind of choose you. They're, I think they're influenced by your upbringing. They're influenced by the values that are instilled in you by your family. They're inspired by your life experiences. But they, I, I do absolutely agree with idea that their but your beliefs are truly like it part of like your core personality yeah. like we don't choose what we believe we just believe it mm -hmm. because you can even say that like yes we're influenced by our family but like i have a lot of friends who have very strict conservative parents and they are very like stark left mm -hmm. like do not agree politically with their parents like at all and it goes both ways. I was reading an article today on The New Yorker about that guy that got caught up in the um, far-right movement over in England. Mm -hmm. But, like, his parents were not any part of that whatsoever. Like, they had no idea how he got involved with these people, like, why he had the views he had about, like, immigrants and Jews. That's crazy. And it was, like, over the span of a couple years where his mom was like, we had to, like, stop having these political arguments because he was just coming at me with all this, like, neo-Nazi shit, and I have no idea where he picked that up from. But it's like a view and a belief that he had. He really did not like Jews and was like part of that movement. But he didn't choose that. He didn't wake up one day and was like, I'm going to be a fucking neo-Nazi. Like he, he felt it. He felt it in his core. Like that's what his belief was. So I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I just, I think that our beliefs choose us before we choose them. Very profound and interesting. It just makes me sit and think about a lot of what the other side is thinking. I don't, like you said, they may not care about women's rights or they don't think that it's an attack on women's rights. They just care about the fact that we're taking a life and they don't see like the 900 things that is wrong with putting down something like a heartbeat bill. Mm -hmm. Or like making someone have their incest baby. I guess it becomes kind of like a like a god thing like well who are you to decide that this child wouldn't have um because it's inside of my uterus 
Yeah. That's why. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I just. I wish I could empathize with it. I truly, truly try to. Yeah. I just, that is one issue other than gay rights, obviously, because that would make no fucking sense if I was okay with a homophobic candidate. But I cannot compromise on it, and I could not vote for a pro-life candidate. It could not happen. I could not do it. So I have a solution. Here's my solution to... Miss Kayla's solution to the abortion crisis. <laughs> to the abortion crisis. If you have a problem with abortion, or you have a problem with something that doesn't affect you at all, then you need to develop legislation that addresses those issues. So, for example, if you do not like abortion, you don't want women to have abortion, then you need to either A, give us better access to birth control, and then you need to start funding sex education. Not, not, not abstinence education. Abstinence education is not a thing. Abstinence education always ends up being like super duper sexist because it always portrays the girl as like a big whore because she had sex before she was married. Well, and it seems like that's what these bills and these laws want to do anyway. Like it's the woman's fault she got pregnant. She made the choice. So she has to deal with the consequence. Yes. But that's really ironic, given that they're so concerned about the unborn, but then want women to live with the shame and the guilt and the fear and the whatever, and consider that situation a consequence. So I don't know that you're taking a life, abortion is murder, can like, they can logically use that as an argument. If they're going to say, well, you've been raped, it's your fault, you have to deal with it. So now you're non-consensual baby is a product of like your own bad choices yes so then that argument doesn't work protecting the unborn protecting no one well it's not protecting anybody it's protecting themselves and what money is involved in this like what money is involved in women not being able to have access to health care i'm not sure because that's that's now that's like the only like logical, logical perspective because have you, have you asked your father what his thoughts are on this particular subject? Because I feel like if I were to ask dad, like, what are your thoughts on abortion? He'd be like, I don't care because I'm not a woman. Probably. That's how most people believe. I don't know enough men to ask this question to. Because the only men I know are gay men and they don't care. <laughs> I don't, hey. I don't have a lot of straight male friends, and if I did, I'd probably be married already, but that's a conversation for another time. For a different podcast. Um, so yeah, if you have such a problem with abortion, then you need to start funding sex education, better educating our kids, and give us access to birth control. Go buy a package of condoms and go pass them out at the goddamn high school. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Do something. Yeah. Register to be a foster parent and start fucking adopting all these goddamn kids. Exactly. Here we go. Here's here's the statistics. 6,000 children in foster care in Alabama. The population of 4 million. So... I want to see all fucking 6,000 of them kids adopted by the <laughs> end of this year to make room for all the fucking 
babies that are going to be born due to whatever the fuck is going on over there. Exactly. Everybody in Alabama better stop having sex. We yeah. have like a Lestrada moment over there. I just need somebody to answer that question. If you're a conservative listening to this, I'm going to need you to give me a call because I don't understand. I just don't understand. Like, I cannot have an abortion, but you you aren't going to do anything to help me. So what is the solution? Here's the solution. You're going to register as a goddamn foster parent or you're going to go adopt all these kids. Um, Georgia. And you bet, or you better be ready to start fucking picking kids up out of the goddamn dumpsters. Yeah, exactly. Georgia, 14,000 kids in foster care. But the thing with Georgia, there's 17 fortune 500 companies and 26 fortune 1000 companies with headquarters in Georgia. So there's money in Georgia. They have one of the best economies in the United States, from what I read. So they should. So they could easily, easily go and adopt or foster fourteen thousand children. Easily, the population is ten million. I think that's very easily done. One kid for each family. Yep. Go ask all your pro-lifers how many kids they foster. That part bugs me. It's like, what are you doing to help the situation? So they're not pro-life. There's nothing about them that's pro-life whatsoever because they don't care about life because there's already life that they're not helping. (laughs) We're ranting again. Okay, I'll wrap it up. Last thing, any particular thing you have an issue on, I think that you can go out and do something to make that issue better. So like I said... Start adopting, register to be a foster parent, go volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club, um, volunteer at Planned Parenthood. If you have an issue with, I don't know, immigration, go teach a citizenship class. Go teach somebody how to become a citizen. Teach somebody to speak English if you want everyone to come here and speak English. Like, there's lots of things that you can do to fix all of the things that you claim you have issues with. My whole thing is, if you don't like abortion, don't have one. The end. Who do you give the rose to this week? Joe Biden. You get the rose this week. Why does Joe Biden get the rose? Because he's fucking winning. And I like winners. And that's bananas to me. That he's winning? And his lead is like increasing. Like each poll he's like doing better in. And then... I pulled one up. So Biden, Bernie Sanders is like a close second. Not really. Not a close second, but Bernie Sanders is behind Biden. Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. I was really here for Amy Klobuchar. She's not doing so hot. No, not enough people know who she is. Well, we just need to wait for the debates in June. She needs to introduce herself to America. That's going to be a wild two nights. I'm so excited. The debates? Yeah, I might have to put on a suit. Oh, that's a good idea. You know what we should do is we should get on on like live, like Instagram live. Or have Josh film us recording our podcast. Like we can just record live while we're watching it. That would be really interesting. We'd I have think to that see would if we be really cool. How to do that. I think that would be really neat. Um, who did I say I was giving the rose to? Justin Amash. Justin Amash. Amash. So he's the first Republican to state that we need to impeach Donald Trump or to insinuate that Donald Trump should be impeached. Yes. 
Republican congressman. I'm here for that. I don't know why. I don't really care if he's impeached or not, but... It just takes balls. Well, it does. And it's like the only thing the Democrats care right now. It's the only thing they're talking about. So it's nice to hear like somebody else talk about it. I want them to all stop talking about it. The I mean, election's yes. like a week away. Yeah. Not really, but I mean, it's almost here. So there's no fucking point. Yeah, we don't need to talk about impeachment anymore. But we're going to talk about impeachment. We're going to talk about impeachment. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Politics. Under his eye. Under his eye.